And today is, a, is a, an important day. It's uh, obviously the start of Hanukkah, beginning the evening hours tonight, uh, running through, I think, the 15th. It's also one month. I, I didn't re- uh, recognize that until I looked at the calendar and realized it's one month since the attack on Israel by Hamas in October. Uh, and I had a conversation on the Monday following that attack with my friend, Rabbi Jacob Herber, about the how he was feeling, how his community, Jewish community that he serves, was feeling about this. And I thought, you know, today would be a good day to revisit that conversation. So joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline is my friend, Rabbi Jacob Herber. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you, my friend? I am good, and, and I hope you are well. Obviously, there's a lot of weighty things to talk about, but I wanted to at least recognize Hanukkah and for those people of the Jewish faith, the significance of the holiday for all of you. Well, we've been su- celebrating this holiday since the uh, the Syrian Greeks occupied the land of Israel, and the uh, the Maccabees led a revolt against that occupation. And once they drove the Greek Syrians out of Jerusalem, they rededicated the temple. And there's this iconic story. Uh, about them finding a bottle of oil that was only supposed to last for one day and ended up lasting for eight days, which is why we light a candelabrum each night uh, for eight days. The other side of the story is that if, if you were looking to, in a Jewish prayer book, you'd find the prayers that we recite on this holiday actually speak not about the, the Hanukkah menorah, and the lights, but about a small ragtag army fighting against what was the most powerful army in the world, the, the just fighting against the unjust. And so the other part of this holiday is standing up to evil when you have to stand up against evil and defeating it and bringing also light into a very dark world. And so these themes really speak uh, to those of us who are in the Jewish community at this time. When we feel there's so much darkness surrounding us, we feel very isolated. We feel very much under attack, even here in America. Uh, and, of course, we're concerned about uh, our friends, our families uh, who live in Israel, who were the targets of the worst day of genocide against the Jewish people since the Holocaust on a single day. I was going to ask you about that because uh, the question is simple. I'm sure you're talking to folks on the ground in Israel or at least hearing from them. Um, As they mark this one-month date from the attack by Hamas on their innocent civilians in Israel, what are they telling you? I mean, what, what is life like in Israel with that looming threat now very public. It was always there, but now it's very public, and given the, the nature of the, the brutal attacks, it's, it's always in their minds. We have hostages being, some hostages being released. What are they telling you? Well, you know, friends that I have have children in the army, uh, and those children are either in the south, or in Gaza, or they're at the northern border with Lebanon. Uh, they're really deeply concerned about the safety of their children. There are hundreds 
up to 200,000 Israelis who have had to evacuate from the north because of threats from Hezbollah in the north, the Lebanese border, and people who used to live what was called the Gaza envelope, those towns and kibbutzim outside of Gaza, that uh, they can't they can't live there uh, because of the continuing threat from Hamas, and so they're they've been dislocated and they're living in other places around the country. Uh, there there's a real sense of unease, uh, great concern about loved ones who are right now fighting to keep them safe. And everyone knows United, regardless of where they stand on religion or politics, they are absolutely united in the mission to defeat Hamas and to get the hostages back. And they know that if Hamas is not defeated, life in the south of Israel will be untenable because Hamas has said over and over again, they're going to do this every single opportunity they have. Rabbi Jacob Herbert joining us on WTMJ. Now, uh, last time we talked, we both spoke to the issue of anti-Semitism and the, and the feelings by some in this world that, that the people of Israel, people of Jewish faith, are somehow occupying land they shouldn't be on or, or should be targets for scorn and in the, in the extreme cases that we hear from terrorist organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah, they should be eliminated. Are you surprised by the level of protest and, frankly, I'll answer the question, I am surprised by the level of support of Hamas in our own country? Because I think that's concerning given the history and the legacy of Jewish people. Yes and no. In a way, I kind of saw the trend and the, the hostility on uh, far too many American university and college campuses. But yes, because the level of, of that hatred and that anti-Semitism uh, just sort of being unleashed, not only shocked me, I will tell you that it shocked everyone I know in the Jewish community. And it especially shocked those people who, my Jewish friends who, you know, I, I, I consider myself like a classic liberal. Many of my Jewish friends politically are progressive. They, they are even in more shock because they saw people that they look to as allies on many other social issues, not only abandon them or become indifferent to them, but become downright hostile and much of this has occurred in spaces that we American Jews felt were where we were at home the most on a college campus at a university, where we have always known that the expression of free ideas and inquiry kept us safe and also enabled us to really thrive in this country. You know, we are incredibly lucky and fortunate and grateful to live in America, which is the freest country in the world, which has given so much to the, to the Jewish community and enabled us to thrive here, and to see whether it's students or faculty or college administrators either celebrate or allow those celebrations, expressions of downright hatred. You know, we've come to a point where anti-Israel criticism 
has crossed a line in a very big way into what is anti-Semitism. And it's frightening when you see Jewish students at Cooper Union taking refuge in a library that's been locked to keep protesters from getting in and attacking them. And we've seen in many, many other instances where Jews have been attacked physically, it's, uh, it's led us to have great concern. I've had a lot of conversation on the show about some people want to make this a two sides. It's sort of the, uh, the fallback whenever you have a, an issue in the world, there has to be two sides. And I've always said uh, as a disclaimer, look, I'm not against the right of, uh, rights of Palestinians. I believe they have a, a, a right to a safe place to live. They have a right to elect their leaders, but they don't have a right if they choose the wrong leaders, which is a terrorist organization like Hamas, to advocate openly for the genocide of people of Jewish faith and people who live in Israel. And so I guess as a, a person who's not Jewish, I've been challenged on this as someone who is of the Jewish faith, a rabbi, a faith leader in your community. How do you answer that two sides question? I've been pushing back on this for a month now, but it's unre- it's unrelenting, and it, it it often is confused with just an outright, you know, you you hate Palestinians. I don't, but I also don't think that Palestinians, they're smart, should choose Hamas as their elected representatives. How do you how do you make this case? Well, you know, first of all, it's a false dichotomy and it's a false narrative because the Jewish people are indigenous to the land of Israel. There have been Jews living there continuously since the dawn of time. And for those of us who had been in exile for 2,000 years, we see it as our right to return to our ancestral homeland and to be sovereign in, in our own land, just like other peoples are. There are, you know, how many Arab Muslim countries are there in the world? And I also want to correct myself. There's more than, there's, there's more than one, right? Yes. And, and you know, to claim that, to claim that the, uh, a Jewish state for the Jewish people is somehow abnormal and wrong, um, I, I would say, is uh, a false claim. And I'm also someone who believes that Palestinian people have a right for their own aspirations to statehood. And I've always been a supporter of finding a way to have a peaceful settlement so there's a Palestinian state and a Jewish state. Unfortunately, the the people who are saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, are calling for Jewish genocide. Mm -hmm. Some of them, I granted, I think, have no idea what they're saying. They're just joining people in a slogan that rhymes really well. Uh, and they think that it expresses their progressive politics. But what it means is the end of Jews living in the land of Israel. And the only way that happens is if they're all put on a boat or plane or they're killed. And, you know, Hamas has shown us what from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, will look like. Because they will not tolerate a single Jew living in the land. They want us killed, murdered, wherever we are, whether, you know, I'm in Seattle, you're in Milwaukee, wherever I am, I am a target and I should be killed. No more clear, so, no more clear example than the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh not that long ago. 
And I'll tell you, Steve, there used to be a time when I was only worried about neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Today, I'm as worried, maybe even more so, of pro-Kamas activists who have not only threatened the Jewish community with words, have also done it with violence. I want to so correct- when I walk down the street today, I don't wear a yarmulke, I wear a baseball cap. Mm. And I have congregants who are telling me, Rabbi, I'm going to take the mezuzah, the Jewish ritual object on, our, on the doorpost that indicates the home is Jewish. I'm going to take that down, and I'm not going to wear a Star of David. And I'm worried about my child going to middle school because of the harassment that he or she is, is receiving by going to school. Or my child is a sophomore at the University of Washington who feels threatened every day he or she walks onto campus. It's, it's a frightening time for the Jewish people in America. Do you get the sense that, and I want to correct myself, it's two months, of course, since the attack. Um, do you get the sense that Jewish Americans are all doing sort of that same thing outside of your area in Seattle? Uh, yes, I, I've heard it from colleagues. I've heard it from friends living in other parts of the country. And, you know, as you know, the day before Thanksgiving, my synagogue was desecrated with graffiti. Uh, it was a very, very painful thing for me and for my congregants to go through. None of us had a happy Thanksgiving. And it's another indication that, you know, here we're living in Seattle. Uh, we're Jewish Americans and we're being targeted because of people who support the terrorist attack on October 7th, taking it out on us because we're visible as Jews. And it, that is textbook anti-Semitism. Last thing for you, uh, Rabbi Herbert. It's it's um, discouraging for me, and I, I've actually made public comments about this before, talking about violence in America on, on different occasions, that I've often had a lot of faith and, and been optimistic about young people. But when I see, again, someone who's not Jewish, young people on America's campuses targeting Jewish students, putting graffiti on their doors, wherever that, that is, or getting in their face or making them retreat to areas that they should never have to retreat to, I'm less optimistic about that argument that I used to make that young people get it or understand it. And maybe it's a, a lesson that needs to be retaught, the, the lessons of the Holocaust. Is, is it just the generational passing of time, or is, it, or is there something else here? Well, you know, I, I um, think there's a part of a progressive agenda that, you know, used to claim that free speech is violence. No, the words you use are violent. They cause, quote-unquote, harm. Now they're making the argument that violence is free speech. And uh, we, we Jews like to think of ourselves as the canary in the coal shaft, right? We, we're the alarm for the disaster that, that might await. And right now it's happening to us. And quote-unquote free speech is u- being used against us as a weapon. Who's next? And that's why... As a, as a Jew and as an American, I'm really, really worried about the, the trend that I see in American culture and society, and especially in, in the institutions which, you know, we all thought were the places where debate, inquiry would, would happen at the highest level and would actually lift the rest of society, and instead... Um, 
it's become the Colosseum. And very few people usually survive gladiatorial fights. My friend, Rabbi Jacob Herber, I, I think of you, I pray for you, and uh, I honor you as you get set to celebrate the, the Hanukkah uh, with your Jewish community. I always appreciate you taking the time, and I, thanks for clarifying some of the things that a lot of us are thinking about every day. Thanks so much, Stephen. I want to wish you uh, a very happy, merry, and early Christmas. Thank you, my friend. You we'll talk again. Thank you. Be well.